This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, Summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the simple things that are oh so marvelous. With rich, creamy, non-dairy Planet Oat oat milk. Like coffee. The first cup mixed with a little Planet Oat. That's pretty marvelous. Or Planet Oat in a bowl of cereal. Sharing a laugh on Saturday morning. (laughs) But don't forget about Mom's Planet Oat mac and cheese. It's so ooey-gooey. Yep, there's so many moments that are more marvelous with Planet Oat. Rich, creamy, non-dairy oat milk. Oh, what a planet. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's nil-nil draw against Southampton. Emilio, another nil-nil draw. <laughs> I never thought I would say that following Fulham, but now we have two nil-nil draws, and uh, it's quite crazy. But we have a lot to talk about. I want to go right to you. Give me your initial thoughts on this draw. And Emilio, I put it here in our open here. Full murder, another point. We could talk about who edged it. You know, you, you know what you said offline. You believed that Southampton edged it, but you know what? I thought Fulham deserved the point. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not the victory, but deserved the point. Yeah, I agree. I think it's you know, let's begin the season. These are sort of games you sort of you, you earmark to not lose and try That's to get, right. you know, try to try to you know that shows progress. And I know a lot of our fans. Uh, keep getting frustrated with saying we're making progress but not turning draws into wins. That's what, four consecutive draws, which I'll take because we've I'll had a hard it. run of fixtures. I will take you it. Know, we've had, what, nine, ten years of that, a nil-nil draw at home. Now we've had two back-to-back. But to your point, you know, we, we haven't conceded again. When's the last time we've conceded in open play in any match? You know, I've lost cards. Man City a month ago or so. so That's right. 
But overall, you know, it was two evenly matched teams. It's certainly in the first half. I thought we, we matched them in the first half. You know, neither side looked threatening in that first half, but it was defenders on top, you know, good passages of play at times from Fulham. There was some good, neat one-touch passing at times, but we still lacked a bit of cutting edge in that final third. It was quite totally agree. You know, our final ball was a bit harried, a bit rushed. A bit, a bit, you know, sometimes a little bit more composure, a little bit more quality wouldn't go amiss. But, you know, we've matched a, a very good Southampton team, let's be very honest. They're a team that are capable of beating uh, all the top teams in the division. So it's the fact that we, we came away with a point, another point on the board. But overall, you know, second half, I think Southampton were the better team. They looked more dangerous, more threatening. VAR rightly ruled out two, their two goals, you know, for offside. And, you know, but at the end of the day, we didn't really do enough to, to win that game. I thought they were there for the taking where they've had three key players out today for various reasons. But, you know, I keep going, I hate hearing my own voice, but I've said it for, for a year, we, you know, we need a striker. We haven't got enough striker there. And today we just, it was quite clear that we're, we were lacking in the final thirds, to be honest. Absolutely. Overall, we matched, we matched Southampton. They struggled to score against us. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a well-earned point, but we didn't do enough to win the game. That, that Maybe that's a slight disappointment. We didn't really make substitutions early enough. We should have, I think we should have. Made, we'll talk about that a little bit later because overall, I want to talk about the substitution. Board, but okay. we need to start converting draws into wins if you're going to, you know, to give us any chance to survive. But it's one, one point closer to our end goal, I guess. Okay, great. And to be honest with you, Emilio, I, I agree with you. You and I were just talking before we went live and I said, uh-huh. I'll take the point. It's an earned point. They didn't do enough to win the match. I uh-huh. think we can agree with that. I do want to talk about bringing on Mitro Sole. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Mm-hmm. But honestly, when I look at this, and if you would have told me before the match that we would have gotten a point, I would have taken it. So mm-hmm. I, again, that's mm-hmm. the way I'm looking at it. I believe I, I predicted a 1-1 draw. I'll mm-hmm. take another nil-nil draw. It's funny because I don't think this was a boring match at all. I know that no, there are some no. that might feel that it was boring, but I just thought it was two teams canceling each other out. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like to me. And my biggest takeaway, and I want to go right to this. Here's my biggest takeaway, because I want to get yours, okay? Because this is my biggest takeaway from the match. Fulham matched themselves against one of the better teams in the division. Let's just say mm. it right now. Southampton are on the rise. Mm. I know that they had players out. So does Fulham. You know, if you look at it, you know, Fulham still have players coming back. But, you know, they had three players out. Doesn't matter. Fulham showed me, Emilio, once again, mm. that they belong in this division. Mm. And I think that they are making strides in this division. And when you mm. play a team like this, they did not look out of place. No. And that to me is a, my biggest takeaway is that they've gone head to head with some of these teams now and they don't look out of place. They look like mm. they belong. Mm. Absolutely. I'm just looking at uh, your, your colleague, Mr. Jedi, the master, Boggis takeaway, just a little bit of a Goldman there on the headline there. What? It's just a spell, oh. spelling mistake. That's oh, quite oh, there you go. Of course. Look, you know, again, it's um, yeah. Let's, let's be honest. You know, it was like you said. Both teams cancelled each other out. We, first half, I think. You know, we. You know, I, I think we slightly edged us. You know, I was speaking to a couple of people offline at half time. We thought maybe we didn't do enough. But I thought first half, first twenty minutes, we looked quite good. We were passing the ball neatly, going getting down the flanks. I thought Loftus Cheek looked quite. You know, had a good, decent first half of the first half. If that makes sense, making some good good runs down the flank but overall it just we're lacking that bit of quality aren't we sometimes just creating those killer passes you know sometimes the final ball was a bit disappointing you know I think Lookman I think there was a couple more a couple of times in the first half 
he should have passed instead of going for goal and vice versa. So again, just a bit of the decision making needs to be a little bit better yeah. at times and maybe less less harried with our crossing and our passing and just being a little bit more intelligent when you know when when you've got the ball and not giving the ball. We gave the ball away a little bit too cheaply in possession as well at the time, which is uncharacteristic for the last few games. The last few games we've been a lot tighter, but on another day, you know, we I think we were a little bit too generous in passing, giving the ball away cheaply at times, especially in that second half. Yeah. And we were crying out for substitution. So I don't think there is the biggest takeaway for me for this match. I just think it's the fact that we've we've kept another clean sheet and we know we can compete against a top six, top eight team. Right. But it's it's converting those good performances, those good defensive performances into start to, into three points. That's what we're missing at the moment. We're not we're not creating enough opportunities to kill games off or at least take the lead and protect that lead. That that's a that's a worry for me. But overall, you know, it's it's a, a good Solid game, a good performance all around, but it's only given us one point. So we've got to go to Tottenham on Wednesday night and hopefully we can, you know, compete as well. But, you know, these these are the games we need to start grabbing three. But I thought at the beginning of the game, a point would have been a good good result. But when I saw yeah. the lineup from Southampton, I actually thought this was a game we could win. I just don't think we sort of took advantage of the fact they had three three key players out for various reasons and we didn't make our substitutions quickly enough to actually just get, make, make things a little bit different, change things a bit. It was a bit predictable at times, shall we say. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm just going mm. to share this because you don't have a big takeaway, but I'm just going to share mm. because there's a theme here in some of our mm. comments. The yeah. need for another striker is clear and has been said many times. Giannis chimes in and Giannis has been saying this. Need a striker, though. Mm. And, you know, again, I keep going down the comments and a lot of them are going to say this. Mm. <clears throat> Forward required. You know, I'm agreeing with all this. And if you look back at the match and that's, Something that definitely comes out of it, Emilio, for all the positive play, it was the final third, but they definitely need someone mm-hmm. that can put the ball in the back of the, of yeah. the net. And this has been your concern for the entire season. Yeah. And before that, as well, even last season, I thought we didn't have enough. Same backup. thing. Yeah. You know, same thing. That hasn't it? changed. This is not, it's not a nothing new, you know, but overall it's, it's, it's one cl- point closer to your end target, but we're starting to run out of games. That's, you know, we've still got what, 20 odd, 23 games to go. Still, there's still opportunities. But it's these home games that we need to start converting into wins and start pushing up the leaderboard. Burnley will inevitably get stronger. Their home, their home patch will, I think, will likely keep them in division. That's their, that's their fortress, isn't it? If they start to win at home, week in week out, they're going to push away. So it could, it's, it's, it's looking tight at the bottom. But there are lots of, you know, interesting t- talking points today. But overall, yeah. it's a point's a point. But I just, just maybe we should have been a little bit more adventurous in the second half, making those substitutions. And you look at the stats. They clearly suggested Southampton were on top possession-wise, passing. They looked more dangerous, more threatening, and we did very little to respond. And that—that's probably my biggest takeaway. We didn't, we didn't, and then we did—we didn't respond enough quickly enough, to be honest. But putting on Mitrovic for ten minutes, to be not honest, not enough time, my friend. Not enough time. Not enough time. And we'll talk about that because that was something that I want to really get into. But let's just talk mm-hmm. about the first half, and then we'll talk about the second half because I agree mm-hmm. with you. Southampton were better than Fulham the second mm-hmm. half. You talked about all the stats, and they will back that up. But let's talk about the first half because I really thought that Fulham were even with Southampton, and I, I, I was happy with the performance in the first half, mm. even though they were not able to really create anything mm. in the final third, like you said. Your thoughts on the first half just in general? Yeah, we, I thought we certainly the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought we looked more organized and better. I think we looked a little bit sharper than Southampton at the time. I thought they maybe still had a – Christmas Day hangover from the food and all that, but <laughs> Robinson got forward quite a lot. Again, his crossing could have been a little bit better at times. Again, 
I thought he had sometimes he had more time on the ball than he thought, and maybe instead of rushing the cross, he should have just taken a, a moment to, to to position a ball and get a, a, get a decent cross into the box. I said earlier, Lookman, there was a moment where he should have passed to Robinson. He said he went for goal, yes. and there was another moment when he should have actually went for goal. And he actually passed it. So again, poor decision making. Decision making is not the best. in those key moments. Yes, I thought Anguissa looked strong. He looked solid. Made some good runs. I don't know. I'd like to see what people think. I thought Loftus Cheek looked strong in that first twenty minutes. He made some good runs, good touches, good passing. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of criticism from fans saying he actually added no value. But you actually looked his off the ball running. He actually did quite well in that first twenty five minutes. Again, not contributing yep. into anything significant. But those, you know, that, it's all about keeping possession. I thought in the first half we kept the possession a lot better and we passed the ball more neatly, but without necessarily creating any decent chances. To be honest, I think the Angisa miss again. Yep. Yep. Yeah, let's talk there. about that. Because that been, was a yeah. very good opportunity for Fulham. Yeah, if anyone else was there, maybe would have had a, you know would have had a, a, an opportunity to hit the target. To be honest, and I think it's you know he he <laughs> that's not his favourite position. He hasn't has he scored for the club yet? I don't think he has scored for the club yet, and so that that probably shows why. To be honest, oh, so but that was again, a great opportunity, Emilio. Yeah, and I keep saying it regularly as well. You those half chances, you you you've got to take them or make the keeper work hard for them, and we didn't do that today. So. Overall, good opportunity, missed kick, chance goes begging. But anyone else there might have done a lot better. But overall, I thought the first 25, 30 minutes we looked good. But Southampton slowly came into it. They were passing it a lot more neatly. We were, how would say, harried into making sloppy passes. We get yep. the ball away at times cheaply. And that, that, the free kick that we conceded for, for Ward Prowse, that was, that was naivety there. You don't, you don't concede there. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you know what, he's, what he's capable of doing. But that was our naivety. And, you know, he was looking for that. For that, for that foul in a good position. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And let's talk about that. That's a good transition. Let's talk about this because mm. when I saw this, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Because mm. uh, we we're talking about this, me and, and Giannis do not give James Ward-Prowse an opportunity mm. in, in this match. And he had several. This mm. was the best one. And yeah. when I saw this, when I, I saw the replay, at first I thought it just hit the crossbar mm-hmm. and, and the post. But – when I watched it back, Emilio, it looked like Ariola had a hand in it. Yeah, he did. It just looked like, you know, it just got a, f- a couple of fingertips to it again. Yeah. It made, really made the difference. Would it, would it have sneaked slightly into that top quarter? Possibly. But overall, going to give the goalkeeper credit. Great free kick from Ward Prowse. And we said before the game, don't give him a, a sniff no. of a chance in that position. And, you know, that, again, I think it was Harrison Reed who conceded. So, again, yep. he didn't have the best first half again. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this again. He, he worked hard. He ran his socks off. But Lamina, did we miss Lamina? Did we miss Lamina? I'm changing my view on him because I'm starting to see some good professional performances for Lamina. I thought Harrison Reed showed why, you know, it works hard, solid, naive free kick to give away. Then he he looked slightly, you know, I don't know, he looked off the pace today, Harrison Reed, to be honest, but to get his former club but overall. Ryan did get his fingertips onto the onto the ball, and you know that kept it out. But overall, even first half, but I thought we didn't we we didn't push on in the second half. So we went into half time. I was content with a nil nil scoreline, and thought we'd push on and actually take advantage of that. But you know, clearly we didn't do that. Okay, before we talk about the second half, let's go back and talk about another moment that supporters are talking about. And I just watched the replay of this. Mm-hmm. Should Fulham have gotten a penalty? Let's talk about this situation in the box. I watched it back. I don't know because again, it's it's all 
of the handball situation. It can go either way. What are your thoughts when you saw this, Amelia? You know, again, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sort of sit on the fence here. I always keep saying I don't know enough about the the penalty rule, what constitutes a penalty and not. You know, we've seen some decisions go our way, some not go our way. Some decisions look controversial. For me, it just looks the inconsistency. I know Steve Lydiard's on at the moment. There was yep. a couple similar moments I saw where it, I think it was Loftus Cheek. He got he got penalised for handball. He did in a similar situation where we didn't get the we didn't get a penalty for the incident that you're referring to. So again, it's consistency. If one's a free Here's kick, Steve's response. Yeah. So if it's either both of both are free kicks or penalties or not. It just feels like there's inconsistency there for me. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen it more than once, to be honest. It looked probably 60%, 70% of penalty, but then I don't know enough, Steve, about the rules, what constitutes a, a penalty or not. There's been so much controversy, and it is ruining the game at the moment. But then, like I said, Broftus-Cheek, he handled the ball, and he was penalised for that. And so either both are handballs or neither of handballs. Be so consistent, Emilio. Be consistent. That's my point, really. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Coming up next, Emilio and I are going to talk about the second half, mm. and we'll end with Man of the Match. That should be an interesting conversation. Mm. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Okay, Emilio, let's now go to the second half and let's just start with your analysis of the second half. We obviously have a lot to talk about in regards to it. Just give me your thoughts of Fulham and Southampton. You've already said this, and I'll back you on this. I thought Southampton Mm. were the better side in the second half, but Fulham hung on, and uh, there were decisions made that I, I think that we can look at, we're talking about the substitution of Mitro. Maybe they bring him on earlier. Maybe that changes mm-hmm. things. And I saw a comment from Steve Reynolds talking about the 60-minute mark. I'll share that in, in, in just a little bit when after we go through your analysis. But just give me your overall thoughts on the second half. We're certainly going to talk about how VAR helped Fulham twice. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the opportunity from Mitro at the end of the match. And, of course, you also have the Cav miss, which, again, was a very yeah. bad miss. But just give me your overall thoughts in the second half. Yeah, I think you know again. I just say you know you know Southampton you know, defended well. You know they 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 were strong in that second half. They came out a lot with a lot more aggression, um, conceding a few. You know they looked a little bit niggly at times. I thought, but then they they were they were a good team Southampton, but we didn't really pose them any threat really in that second half, other than that that Caballero miss. You know they yep. I think Stefan Mikulev you know said well, you know we complained about VAR last week, and, but we can thank VAR this week and. I think that's the point I made against Newcastle. Some yep. this, decisions even themselves out at the end of the season, even though both goals were rightly ruled off for VAR. You know, for me, it's we didn't really do enough. I thought I thought on the hour, it, clearly Southampton were on top, significant possession stats in their favour. They were they were they were they were, they were, they were literally how do you say putting a lot of pressure on our defence. Yes, we 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 defended well and you know and looked very organised, but we offered very little offensively, and I think that's the time to change it. But we just left it too late and. That played into Southampton's hands. They admitted they didn't make any substitutions until late. So it was a, right. like said, a very evenly matched game. But overall, they were they were the better team second half. And if anyone was more likely to score, it was going to be them. We, I think, how many how many chances did we have on target today? That's that's a slight that's a concern for me. You know, right. home against a team nil nil. 
which just need to be a little bit more brave at the time, make those substitutions for better, for worse. But we didn't do that. And making those subs late in the day, I think, were, were pointless, in my opinion. Okay. And let's go to that right now because, uh, and I'll share a graphic, but I'm just looking for the comment from our friend Steve Reynolds because mm-hmm. uh, I think this says it all. And I agree with Steve on this. Mm-hmm. So let's start here because we're going to talk about the substitutions, talk about Mitro coming on mm-hmm. late in the match. And again, I think he should have come on earlier. Yeah. Should have changed things after 60 minutes. We were going nowhere. Steve's right on this. I actually agree with Steve. Your thoughts, Emilio? Yeah, I agree. And the interesting thing is, Robinson had a lot of space down, you know, throughout the whole game. Yeah, he you know, who was he crossing to? There was no, there was no target man to cross to. So interestingly, different different tactics against Liverpool. Even though we we're trying to still play with Cav up front, you know, he was out. He was he wasn't really in the game, was it, Cavalera today? It just wasn't. No. It just wasn't the game. We didn't. We didn't get the chance. And Hampton defended very well. And I'm going to give them credit for doing that. But Cav should have been taken off after 60 minutes. Put Mitchell on there, and you had Robinson had at times acres of space and decent crosses. And the one cross he did get. On top, you know, to the to the right man, he went to the wrong person, Cavalero, who who headed wildly over the bar. To be honest, that just goes to show we've got no no quality up front at the moment. But coming on with ten minutes to go, is point, as I've said, it's pointless. To be honest, and right. you know, in the, the day, it's we've we. I think it's on the balance of play. You look, you look there was an opportunity there for the taking Southampton nil nil, three men, three regulars not starting. You're in the game. You've got a decent. We've got a decent bench there. Use it, change it. You know, but I, think, I just thought we were just a little bit too um, conservative. Yeah, too conservative. Absolutely. And I think on the balance of play, yes, it's a point you'll take. But in hindsight, I thought actually you should have been a little bit more braver and try to get all three. Well, that's a great point, Emilio. And I think it all goes back to talking about bringing on Mitro so late. Uh-huh. Now, Scott Parker was not at Craven Cudge, but I believe he was in contact with Stuart mm-hmm. Gray and Mr. Wells. And my thought is, as Steve said, why not be more aggressive? Why not go for the win? And if you're going for the win, usually a good time to do that to make changes to change the game is around 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did he? Why did they decide to wait until mm-hmm. after the 80th minute? That's mm-hmm. the point that I, I don't understand. Because were they just trying to see? It seemed like to me, I'm not saying that they played for the point, but they were not doing enough to try to get mm-hmm. all three points. And and similarly for me as well, you know, and you haven't seen Chris Davidson on here, but I thought when those stats we were hugely in favour of Southampton, we were getting overrun in midfield. I would, that, that was a good opportunity to take up, bring on Tom Kearney, you know, bring bring him on just to steady the ship, you know, hold possession, don't give the ball away cheaply. He may not go, you know, obviously we know his limitations, but I think he would have, we would have controlled the midfield a little bit more comfortably than we did. I thought Southampton were getting past our midfield a little bit too easy. And take Harrison Reid off. Put Angisa further, you know, further back in front of the city, in front of the back three, back five, and then put Tom there just to just to hold possession. But I just thought we were we were getting overrunning midfield a little bit too easy, and that's why all those they were just you know they were more direct, weren't they? They and, were. You know, admittedly, both goals were disallowed, rightly so. But that was a time you also bring in Tom Kearney just to steady the ship and just control that midfield because I thought we were we were getting exposed in that central midfield. Okay, well, I'm going to share a bunch of comments because there are some good talking points. Let's start here. This is from Dave Lewis. Agree, mm. 60 minutes. We were floundering for possession, and Mitro should have come on then. TC for RLC at that stage. Mm. Thoughts, Amelia? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the point I was making about bring on, certainly bring on Tom Kearney. I thought I'd just, just steady that ship and control that midfield. We were just getting over, a little bit overrun midfield. Loftus-Cheek was running out of legs, to be honest. I thought, I said, the first 30 minutes of the game, he looked strong. He looked good. But then he, he sort of faded quite quickly. Um, so I, I don't disagree with that. I think it was time to make a double substitution or at least put Tom on first 
yep. to hold, you know, control the midfield and then start building from midfield and maybe then start to maybe bring on Mitra after 70, 75 minutes. But overall, I think we lost a trick there. We should have just been a little bit more braver with our, our substitutions. Okay. And I'm just going to share a couple more comments. We play at home and we seem to be playing for the draw. Now, I don't know if they were playing for a draw. I just think that they just were not aggressive enough mm-hmm. earlier in the second half. I, I don't think that Scott Parker and his staff were playing for the draw. I, I understand where he's coming from because it seems like that because they did not make the substitutions until late. What, what are your thoughts about that? I still think it's sometimes, you know, we, and especially look at that first half on the balance, you know, that play, we had a lot of the ball. We were getting ourselves into good positions, but for me, it's that it's that lack of quality when it counts. That lack, of, that final ball, that decision making, that good cross. You know, that's not about playing conservative or trying not to lose the game. That's just we haven't got enough quality in offensive when it counts. To be honest, yep. and again, Newcastle was the same last week. First half, put aside the the controversy about the penalty, if we'd taken our chances first half. That game would have been out of sight. So for me, it's just it's that lack of quality in the final third. That that yep. that, that composure. Totally agree. Part. A pass that splits the defenses over. We didn't. We haven't. We haven't done that very often in recent games. No, we're not looking like conceding very often. But where are those those what, those beautiful passes around the box? Those those shots in on target. The keeper has to make it. See, save. I think we could have used Tom Kearney in this game. Yeah, you know, I do. So that's the difference for me. So it's. I don't think so much about not wanting to lose a game. I just think we just haven't got enough quality in that final third when it counts. A, we okay. haven't got a strike, and B, we haven't got enough quality balls in the key areas and decision making I still think at times is is, is needs to be, needs to improve. Okay. I'm gonna share a couple more comments and we'll move on. Let's uh look at this one right here. Now this is an interesting one. Why not bring on Cabano mm-hmm. earlier? Now I like Cabano. Cabano is hardly mm-hmm. featured. I, I don't know if um Niskins is a Premier League player. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? If anything, bring on Joe Bryan and get the balls into Mitrovic. If anything, you want to okay. change it, but that might have been more, you know, at least you get some reliable bo- balls into the into the box. Cabano, again, what's the point of bringing him on with three, four minutes to go? Pointless, in my opinion. You bring him no, on. I see where you're going on that. You're, you're looking for crosses in the box yeah. when you have yeah. Robinson and Bryan together. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, maybe put Bryan on for the last 10 minutes. And you put yeah. Mitrovic on after 80 minutes, bring, bring Joe Bryan on there to get some decent balls. Try something different. What's Cabana going to do, to be honest? There's no disrespect to him. It's just yeah. he's not being given enough opportunity to uh, to make a, an impact on the game. Neither did Mitrovic, although he had he held the ball well a couple of times. Mitrovic, I remember when he, he, again, that's what he does best. And that snapshot just went wide, you know. But overall... You know, people are saying if Scott Parker was there on the sidelines, would he have made the change earlier? But as far as what I'm do you think? I think, to be honest, like I think you were saying before, then all the technology now. He's probably got someone in his. He's probably passing a message back to Stuart Gray and the team to say, "Look, make the change here, or don't make the change." I don't. I don't think it, those decisions were made any differently if Scott Parker was there or not. I think Scott Parker was in their ear throughout the game and influencing. I agree with that. The tactics, to be honest. Well, it's interesting, Stephen, to bring that up because again. We have a feeling that he was in constant contact. If he was there, would he mm-hmm. have made the decision quicker? I don't know. That's that's a good, I, I think it's a good question, though. Yeah. You know, okay. okay. And uh, I just want to share this because this is from our co-host, Steve. And <laughs> Steve, me and Steve, draws won't keep us up. And uh, it's an interesting yeah. way to look at it. But but the counter to that, and I have to go that because we have our co-host just, just going back and forth with mm-hmm. us on this. And uh, I'm looking for, for Max's. So, uh, and actually, I'll just share this one from Max. Draws sure. against Southampton well. What are your thoughts yeah. about our dueling yeah. co-hosts here? Yeah, 
let's have, have said we need six more wins, at least six wins. So you know, you could argue like some Burnley at home, Sheffield United at home, Newcastle at home, possibly West Ham. Well, they're the games, and possibly today as well. They're the games you've got to start winning at home and snatching draws here and there, you know, away from home or not losing away to Burnley, not losing away to West Ham. Those are games you've got to start winning, but right. we've got to convert four consecutive draws into some victories now. That, totally agree. The, well, the Burnley game, which is more important, and okay, Wednesday night's game against Spurs is very important, but stay fit, players, because the Burnley game is going to be a tough one. And oh, those, are, those are the fixtures you mustn't lose. I'd rather lose to Tottenham and obviously the, and beat Burnley, but it's, 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 going to, it's going to go right down to the wire unless we can yep. at least convert draws into victories to Steve's point. But then I agree with Max. It's, we've got to start, you know, we've got to start. It's a point earned against a top six, top seven team. And that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. And I'm glad that Max is bringing this up. I see where Steve's going on it, but you yeah. also have to look at who they just played. They played yeah. Southampton who were flying, even though I, I know mm. about the last match, mm. but beyond that, they've had a very good season yeah. and Fulham went toe to toe with them and got a draw. Mm. I'm not, I'm not so disappointed that they didn't get all three points because I, I think it's a good point. That's the way I'm looking at it. And I don't think they did enough to earn all three points. I mean, that's what we're talking and about. Let's, and let's be honest as well. Let's, the confidence is there. The players know that they're more difficult to beat. That's you know, right. The, you, know, that, that's, you, know, you can see the I heard that from the there. announcers throughout the match, that this is not the same team from no. the beginning of the season, and the league knows it. You look at the way Anderson, Adebayo, how they defend. They, they've got an air of, you know, of confidence in the way they play. They're they able, you know, the way they're defending the ball, the way they're marshalling the ball, the the, the the liaison they've got between themselves. You know, they, they're, they're talking to each other. And you don't see the comedy of errors, yeah. Emilio. No, That's that. all gone. The comedy of errors yeah. is gone. It's how do you convert confidence in defence into so unless have we got the confidence and ability to start converting, you know, draws into wins. You know, the defence right. doing That's their right. job. Unfortunately, we have you know that's not their fault that maybe we have enough quality. I think Tony kind of is listening tonight. I'm sure he's already he's already looking. Be, I'm sure he knows that we. Oh, he should be. We've got a, we've he got a definitely should be. I mean, the performances suggest that, but you know, you lose away to Burnley, and then Max's point: if we lose, we don't win. We are down. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, but don't lose to Burnley minimum, and stay in touching distance with those guys. But we've you know at the end of the day, the defense is doing their job. It's bringing confidence. Ariola's secure pair of hands, best goalkeeper we've had for many seasons, but we're not creating enough, and it's no. that's not the defense's problem, you know. No, it's not. Enough. The foundation has yeah. been built. The yeah. defensive foundation yeah. is there. Now you have to mm-hmm. convert it from the midfield to going up front to really doing some mm-hmm. damage in the final mm-hmm. third, which they're just not doing, Emilio. No, they're, not. they're just not doing it. You know, what's our stats? I'd like to see what our stats are for the first four games versus the, the game subsequent to that. You know, our goal difference in minus 10 were purely because of those, those shocking defeats against Villa and Arsenal, those two awful performances. But at the end of the day, we are moving in the right direction. We've just, right. just got to have more belief that we can be more positive and assertive. And some of our fans saying, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're trying not to lose games. I, I don't disagree with that. I just don't think, I just think we're lacking a bit of quality where it counts. I agree with that, and that's why the transfer window coming up, I think, is huge. And listen, I've heard commentary about this, and I agree with all of it. They need a striker. Mm. They need a goal scorer. They need a different type of striker mm. from Mitro. I don't want to get rid of Mitro. I just want an alternative mm. to play up front. You know, again, it's a long season, and mm. uh, I don't want them to get rid of Mitro, but I want them to bring in mm. uh, a pacey striker. 
someone that can run onto the ball. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's someone out there and they should be trying everything that they can to get it. And if Tony Khan is listening, please just do everything (laughs) you can to do that because I think that is one of the missing pieces. You know, again, there'll be other pieces Mm -hmm. we could talk about in a few weeks' time, but right now, you know, and again, that is the, the glaring one, and, and I'm glad that we're talking about that, Amelia. Okay, a couple other things before we go. We have to talk about this because I think this is a talking point. I think if we don't talk about it, I don't think we're, be, we're being fair. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how VAR saved Fulham twice in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, people won't like me saying this, but it's, it's some, some, some go your way, some don't go your way, but let's be honest, there's no controversy about those two decisions. The right decision were made. VAR did its did its job, but you know I was more worried about the Aina, the Aina well incident. It was VAR decided not to give it, but that I I was worried. The commentator was, was, was suggesting that actually the referee was going to override the decision and VAR was going to give that as a penalty. But I was very very worried at that point. But common sense prevailed, and um, you know then you know but it's ruining the game. You know that's the thing. It, you know, it's ruining <laughs> the game. You know. It's all these decisions, especially around the handball, the handball rule. You know, the handball one you and I have talked about is just you know? ridiculous at this point. But at the end of the day, it's it it favoured us, but it, the right decision was made. There was no controversial decision there. VAR no. did its job correctly, so thank you very much. But see, that's to me is one of the big reasons why VAR I wanted it was there, yeah. calls yeah. like that, right, Amelia? Yeah. yeah, and those are two calls that again, without VAR, Fulham lose two nil. Mm, Look yeah. at it that way. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it's um you know in a championship that would have been two 0 I guess. <laughs> that's what I mean. That, yeah, that's yeah, my point. Good. My point is we could talk about VAR, and I agree with talking about how it's not consistent, how there are so many flaws in it, and how they need to get it right. But honestly, if you mm-hmm. want to look how it was intended to be used, mm-hmm. it was it again. We saw it today with two calls that were were reversed for. Yeah. And were the right decisions to be reversed? That's what I wanted VAR for. Mm, yeah, I agree. And but but then the end of the day, we've kept a clean sheet. You know, we haven't conceded an open play that for many games now. But it's it's you know play all you know play solidly against Tottenham, but prepare yourselves mentally for the Burnley game. I've seen some comments from Steve that we have to win at Burnley after our start games that keep you up. Don't disagree with there, but the minimum we obviously don't lose that game. That's the minimum. You know, so no. Oh, Scott I agree with that. Probably go there to frustrate Burnley. You know, key. You know, try. You know, because that's a difficult. We haven't won there for sixty years, or however many years now. So it's uh, maybe now's the right time to do that. Maybe. I I think right now is a perfect time. Yeah, if you're yeah, asking me to go to Burnley, and we'll talk about that because I have this thing about it's been sixty years, it's been seventy five years since since we've done this. But records have been meant to be broken, my yeah, friend. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that because I've seen it. I've seen it in other sports, and I've heard all those cliches it's been 30 years it's been 25 years mm. hell i i live with 86 years of the red sox not winning the world series and they finally did so mm. records are meant to be broken that's all i'm gonna say on that yeah remember two years ago when you know when we were in the premier league we we played burnley away in january i remember Sherla scored a cracker of a goal to take us one nil up yeah within minutes it was two we were two one down and same thing again so it's a difficult place to go there but in the, the day I, of course, I'm pleased we didn't lose today. But looking at Stefan's comments again, we are still in the relegations, and I, I agree with that. But it's it's a point earned against a very good team. But again, it showed where we got some limitations in quality, you know, yeah. being able to create chances and and score for them. But overall, Southampton defended very well. So let's give them some. They did. As well. They did, but yeah. it also just like you said, it showed our defensive 
prowess coming on, but mm. it also showed our deficiencies. Unfortunately, it yeah. really showed the deficiencies that we have going forward. And, and it was really on display. You know, just, just look at the Cavalero situation. Yeah. That yeah. just tells it all because yeah. he should have scored there, Emilio. It was right there, it was right there on a plate and he you know, it goes over. You know, that, that's all that's all we have to say. But listen, let's end with talking about man of the match. <laughs> Here's your view on this. Oh, oh, again, boy, I've got a lot of Goldmans in this show. Okay, man of the match. <sighs> Difficult to pick one, to be honest. Really. Live share who you think is man of the match. Difficult to pick one, to be honest, really. To be honest, there's a lot of, you know, solid performances there. I thought you know, the two central defenders looked very, very strong. Ariola, you know, if that's a top world-class fingertip save, you could argue wow, yeah. that, you know, that 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 warrants, you know, some, some you know, respect. I thought Anguissa looked, Look, in, I, in I a, have to share that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to share that. <laughs> it's, uh, for me, I thought, I don't know. It's, I'm really stuck in this one over here. I, I don't think Anderson or Adebrario had much to do per se. They looked strong. They looked, they competed well. They didn't really give much away. But I thought Anguissa looked full of running, okay. looked dangerous. You know, maybe, okay. you know, maybe he deserved that goal for that missed kick. But I'm going to give it to Anguissa, to be honest. So, you know, I think okay. they looked, he looked a beast again, didn't he? And not afraid to come forward, but. Okay, we have a few for Nguisa. I'm going to share them. Our, our friend Steve Lydia gives it to Nguisa, and Stefan gives it as well. But here's one that I want to go back to. How about this one? Um, How about Robinson? Yeah, again, it's inconsistencies with crossing. Some crosses are fantastic. Other crosses rushed, harried, and not enough quality. You know. And the other thing I want to call out today, I don't know what fans think, is you know, set pieces, corners. Look, man, you've got to do better. You know, twice oh, in the second they half. Not, you know, got, they went right to the goalkeeper, Emilio. He's got to do better. Than, he's got to yeah. do better. And that, I'd like these things changed a bit. So there, there were some games last season. Remember that you know we were always passing the ball short. Yeah, and it was frustrating. Fan. Now we're we're taking the, we're crossing the ball long, and it's going straight to the keeper. So you've got to do better when you've got those 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 opportunities from set pieces. You know, I don't think we're taking advantage of those opportunities. We've got big big men who can score from set pieces, but you know, Lookman, you know, again, didn't have his best game today. Didn't have his best game. Poor decision making. Poor poor set pieces from corners. But overall, I think Anguissa for me. I think Robinson didn't do enough. Some good How about crosses. Yeah, Ariola. Yeah, again that that's fingertip save. You know, kept us in. It was obviously, but overall, I thought the defense looked solid. Didn't really look threatened per se. Southampton didn't didn't do enough from open play to cause us problems. But Anguissa was a difference in midfield. But I thought if Kenny should have come on, I think we, it might have made a difference in the uh, end result. See, I agree with that, Emilio. And if uh, Chris Davidson is listening, <laughs> we wish that he came on because I think he could have unlocked Southampton because they, they were missing something. And uh, it could have been Kearney. So that, that's actually a really good uh, call there to talk about him. But, again, I'm getting a ton for Nguisa. Mm-hmm. So I see where you're going. And, um, actually, this is back from Stefan. To your point, mm-hmm. he looks yeah. a little hot and cold. Yeah, yeah, just it's just there are times when he could have been more composed and a little had a fraction of a second more time just to look up and get a good cross in. But sometimes it just doesn't look up and straight cross, yep. and then you give the ball away. So today, I thought we just gave the ball away a little bit more cheaply than we have done in recent games, and I think yep. that that's where you needed Tom Kenny just to steady the ship a little bit. Okay, I have to share this because I'm actually surprised this from Heather. The missed opportunities may send us down. Heather, you're usually so positive. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, we keep saying this. You've got to be more clinical, haven't you? I think, Heather. I think at the end of the day, in you know, half chances, one chance in the game. You're listening a lot to you, Emilio, because you're talking about all the negatives. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I understand. So I understand because because she's frustrated. I get the Heather. Mm-hmm. I I totally understand. Mm-hmm. You're frustrated, and I understand why because mm-hmm. because there were missed opportunities here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. I just want to share this as well. Let's see here. Let's see. Oh, Heather thought that was funny. Okay, well, well, thank you, Heather. Okay. Emilio, we really should wrap this up, and I want to mention we will have a Cottage Talk post-match show mm-hmm. either uh, tomorrow, which is Sunday, or, or the next day on Monday. We will have that. Before we go, any final thoughts? Nothing other than what we said so far. It's four games unbeaten, another clean sheet. Um, there are there are positives, but obviously fans want to see victory, so do I. So it's it's... It's 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 disappointing. I I thought maybe we just we didn't do enough to win the game today, but I, I thought no, it was a missed, not missed opportunities as such that we we've, we've missed up glaring chances. I don't think we took advantage of a, a weaker Southampton team, and we didn't do enough to hurt them and to get anything from the game other than a draw. So overall, pleased with a point, but it could have been a lot different if we'd been a little bit more brave and and less conservative with our substitutions. Who knows? It would it, it, things could have been a little different. But it's another point on the board, yep. another clean sheet. Good for confidence, good for morale, but you know we need to start seeing three points, tick, you know, hitting the board very, very, very soon. Otherwise, to Heather's point and to uh, to Max and Steve's point, we're going to get maybe sucked into that relegation and remain there potentially. But I think I still think there's enough games there for us to do something about it. So I'm not I'm not overly concerned at this moment. I think there are as well. And uh, my final thoughts are this, Emilio, because again, when we look at a point, and I understand we're all looking ahead, and we're all looking mm-hmm. at say halfway. And there's still several matches before we get to halfway, and we're talking about mm-hmm. the early match. We have Tottenham coming up. We have Chelsea coming up. We have Manchester mm-hmm. United. So you have these teams. Let's put Burnley aside. If you told me two months ago, Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspur, and Manchester United, I would tell you Fulham will probably get nothing. I'm here to tell you why can't they get something. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that we've been conditioned to believe that Fulham can't get anything from the big sides. I'm here to tell you why can't they? And yeah. they should have the attitude, even going away to Spurs, that they can get something from that match. Why can't they? Mm. I, I'll just say it. Why can't they? Why can't they get something from Chelsea? Are Chelsea unbeatable? No, of yeah, course no. not. They can be beaten. You can get points from them. And Manchester United, just watch Manchester United. Mm. Talking about hot and cold, I think they blow hot and cold sometimes. They look great at sometimes, and then other times they don't. So yeah. I think the opportunity is there. And I watched them draw against Leicester City. Fulham beat Leicester City. Why can't they get points off of Manchester United? So this attitude that we can't get points off the big teams, I'm completely disagreeing with everyone now. If you want to tell me that at the beginning of the season, yes. This team can get a point, can get draws, at least draws against all three of those teams. And they can. They have the ability to. And I think the one point before we we finish off, I think we have not made today and we've not made in recent shows, is our... Our style of football and the way we play is dependent on Fulham not going, not conceding first. That's true. I think at the end of the day, it's all about control. Maybe sometimes we are a little bit conservative. We're trying to protect the draw, not to concede early and try to make something happen and try to, to get a goal on the break or get something on the counter-attack, whatever it may be. But what I do worry is if we go behind against Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea... Where's the quality to 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 get an equal? Come back from I. I do agree with you on that. That's the worry. That's that's the main worry for me. So yes, we okay, can. That's a good point. Provided we don't go behind them. Why do we don't go? Listen, you're right. 
full when last time front we competed runners, early. Front runners, Emilio, which is called mm-hmm. what it is. We would call it here being a front running team. Yeah. They played great from ahead yeah. or even behind, yeah. not as much. And that's, uh, that's, yeah, right, that's mate. a good point. That's, that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Okay, before we go, I, I do want to mention again a, a shout out to Chris Davidson and also Roger Lewis, who, you know, again, I mentioned this in the last show. They're both dealing with, uh, some issues. Um, both were in the hospital. I'm not sure if Chris is still in the hospital. Not hopefully he's he's gotten out of the hospital. Roger actually just sent me a great picture of himself getting a, a new foam shirt for for Christmas. So, yeah. so great that that's great that your family did that for you, Roger. And uh, we're thinking of you, and we're thinking of you, Chris. I just yeah. want to end with that. Okay, well, that's gonna do it for this episode of College Talk Full Time for myself, Russ Golden, and Miller Dino. Thank you as always for watching College Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.